Well, good morning. So good to be with you on this day. I want to welcome those of you in the room. I want to welcome those who are joining us online as well. And just so you know, uh, before you switch over to the 12 o'clock kickoff, we will be done before then. So there's no excuses uh, for turning off your uh, televisions or, or changing the channel, I should say. We're glad that you're with us today, uh, whether, whether this is your first time or your thousandth time. We are so glad that you chose to make this a part of your day. Uh, we've been in a series, and we're going to wrap up that series today, a series called For. Uh, the, the word for means in favor of. What are we in favor of? So many people know the church, unfortunately, for what they're against and what they're not in favor of. And uh, there's things that we need to stand up to. Uh, I'm not saying that there's not a place for that. But the church should be first knowing what we're for. And that we're for people because God is for people. We're for others. And there's four things that we've been talking about what our church is for. A couple weeks ago, uh, just a recap, Pastor Nate talked about reaching wide, that we're a church that's for reaching wide. Why? Because Jesus was for reaching wide. Uh, in fact, his last words to us, recorded in Matthew in the book of Acts, uh, before he ascended to heaven, uh, his last words to us were so important. There are marching orders that, that he told us to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, everywhere. I mean, in our community, around the world, we're going to talk about the day, that today, but uh, to make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and don't stop there, to teach them everything I've commanded you. It's part of what we're doing here today is to learn what Jesus teaches and what he, what he instructs us. We want to grow in, in following his teachings. His last words as before he ascended was, to uh, go into all Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So we're going to talk about a little bit of that today as well. Our, our mission is kind of wrapped up in all of this, is our mission as a church is to inspire people to follow Jesus and to take their next steps with God. We're all in different places in our journey in life, but our goal is to help you take your next step in your journey with God. Whether that's your first step with him, whether that's your thousandth step with him, we want to help you take those next steps in your journey with God in following Jesus. Uh, last week, one of those things that we do is we want to not just reach wide, but we want to grow deep. We want to grow deep in our faith. We talked a little bit about growing deep. Some people think it's, you know, it's all about knowledge, and that's important. We need to grow in, in the study of, of the Word and in the Scriptures. But if that's just the goal, just to get knowledge, we fall short. The goal is not knowledge. The goal is transformation. It's for the Word to change us, to, to transform us and change us from the inside out, to help us to live a life of you know, the goal is not even obedience. Obedience is, is a result of that transformation. But sometimes people just look to just try to obey, but they're not letting God change them from the inside out. And so we want to see people transformed and changed in their life and their marriages and their families. We just believe when Christ transforms us and we allow his spirit to transform us, that everyone wins. Everyone gets better. Uh, uh, when we allow Christ to transform our heart and our life and to change our, the way that we think, it transforms our marriages, it transforms our families, it, it makes us better employees, it makes us better classmates. Everyone wins when we grow closer to Jesus and when we grow deeper in our relationship with him. Um, the, the last thing is, the, started off this whole thing was that we're a church for un, that I'm getting ready to get to there. Back up, Kent, rewind. Um, we are a church that is for the next generation. Uh, we love kids around here. We invest heavily in children's ministries, middle school, high school, uh, college age ministries, because the church that wins the kids wins. 
Um, some of you out here that are you know, you're rooting for your teams today, you know what the scoreboard is at the end, you know what wins. What are the ones, the ways that we decide how we win around here? The church that wins, the kids wins. You show me a church that w- isn't winning the next generation, isn't winning kids in middle school and high school and college age, and I'll show you a church that is dead and dying. We are a church that is for the next generation. I'm so thankful to pastor a church that believes in that. And today we're a church that is for unleashing compassion, the fourth thing we're talking about today. Not just compassion, but we want to unleash compassion. We want to unleash compassion, and a few weeks ago you did that in the way we unleash compassion on our community. All the cards out there, if you get a chance to, are from uh, community leaders and and principals and superintendents of schools and um, also from the demolition that was done. I mean, they're just little thank yous out on the coffee, in the coffee bar area, just thanking for the impact that you made. And uh, we're, we're grateful for that. We unleash compassion. Uh, it's not just about a one-day thing. We want to unleash compassion in our workplace, in our schools, in every aspect of our life. But today we're specifically talking about unleashing compassion in our world. Why is that? Because we're most like Jesus when we're unleashing compassion. Jesus was always unleashing compassion. He had compassion. Matthew 9, verse 36 said, when Jesus... When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion. In other words, Jesus was moved. He was moved to, in his spirit, he was moved to action. He was moved. What moves you today? What moves you? What moved you here this morning? What made you move to be in, in, in church today? What, what moves you uh, throughout your week and day? What are you passionate about? What, what are you for? What compels you? Uh, some of us are moved by a lot of different things. We're all made differently. Uh, some of us are move, moved by uh, movies. I mean, you've got some criers in here. You cry at those movies. I mean, you're moved by it and compelling. Maybe it was something, a blockbuster hit. I don't know, Maverick or whatever. Or uh, maybe that moved you this summer. Or maybe it was where the crawdads sing and that moved you this summer. I know a lot of you were moved yesterday when the Kansas Jayhawks went 2-0. and uh, Yesterday that moved you in that overtime win and not to be outdone. Uh, the Wildcats winning yesterday. I mean, that was so 2-0. and Everyone should be HC see one yesterday. Everyone should be happy today, uh, you know, at least in regards to Saturday. I know we have some setbacks on Friday, but we got comebacks coming, and there's great things. We get excited on an 81-yard touchdown run that finishes off the football game and wins it all. There's things that move us. Some of you move today, and I see some of your chief paraphernalia, the devil's team, as, as I like to call it. Uh, some of you, it's red. You know, it's the color of the, the red suit or whatever. Uh, so, and anyway, if you're new with us today, it's the Broncos tomorrow night. That's what we're all about here. Uh, that's what moves us. No, seriously, when was the last time you were moved by something significant? When was the last time that something really moved you because of a person or people or, or someone or something? What really moved you? I, I think on this day, 21 years ago, we were moved by 9-11. Was there ever a time in our nation's history, other than maybe World War II, where we were so united and so together, at least for a couple days, 
We were so moved in our spirit, filled with compassion for, uh, 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 for our, our fellow citizens and, our, and those of our country. We were, we were moved on that day. More recently, I, our community, I've just watched our community, uh, whether you know them or not, be moved by the Jones family and be moved by this wonderful family in Nickerson and, and to be moved by the tragedy that took place in Kentucky and how it's changed and altered their life. You, this community, whether you knew them or not, uh, we've watched and we've watched you be moved by it. Uh, actually, we need your help to continually be moved by it. Uh, Elliot's is, uh, is the one in charge of this uh, memorial service, and, and Tom believes that this is, even though there's a couple months, that this is going to be a lot of people. And uh, we're blessed uh, to be the church that hosts it, and I'll be officiating on Saturday at 11. We need your help. We've got to turn this uh, place into full capacity. And so Wednesday night, we need some help at 8 o'clock when our youth and middle school and high school is all done. We need help transforming this into maximum capacity, full capacity seating. We need help setting up for 200, uh, a dinner for 200 in our gym. We need help setting up overflow in case it's needed in our children's theater. And so we need help at 8 o'clock. And so uh, if you want to fill out a connection card, um, you can, or you can just show up at 8 o'clock and, and help us and do that. Uh, don't be the thing of everyone else or someone else will do it. Hey, many hands make, the, make light work. And there's other ways that we need help. Here's where we probably need connection card, but uh, we're going to need uh, parking lot attendants and greeters. Crossroads across the church has been so gracious to let us uh, use their parking lot if needed. But we need parking lot attendants on this Saturday. And then we also, uh, we need this, and this isn't glamorous or glorious, but Afterwards, in order to get things ready for Sunday morning, we need help about 2 o'clock, about, uh, actually I'm going to say about 1, 1.30 uh, to help get this place back and ready for Sunday. And so if you can, it would be helpful to fill out a connection card, go to 94,000, text the word Hutch, fill out the connection card, hit the word serve, or fill one of these cards out. Let us know so we can get in contact with you. And if you're just willing to serve wherever, uh, just hit serve and we'll reach out to you. But we need help. And it's an opportunity to show compassion and unleash compassion on a family that's going through such and has gone through such a difficult season and time. Why do things like this move us? 9-11, the Joneses, why do they move us like they do? For the same reason they moved Jesus. Because we can feel what they feel. We feel the humanity. Jesus is not a God, is not a God, a distant God who, 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 who stayed distant and far from us, but he took on our humanity. Jesus was fully human. He was fully God, but he was fully human. He experienced every temptation that we've experienced. He's felt every emotion that we have felt. He has cried tears. He knows what it is like to put us, to put himself in our shoes. And in the same way, when we put ourselves in other people's shoes, it, it unleashes compassion with us. Verse 36, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because he saw they were harassed, helpless, without a shepherd. And we are moved to act for the same things, but also we're also sometimes paralyzed by the same things. Sometimes we're overwhelmed because the situation seems too great and and because it just seems like we can't fix it all. And the disciples found themselves in this situation. When there was the feeding of the 5,000, there was 5,000 men, and there was, plus the women and children, over 10,000 people, maybe 15,000 people. 
and we find ourselves in this story where God, where Jesus performs this miracle, but the disciples get overwhelmed by the situation. Let's see what happens. When Jesus heard what had happened, let's just back up a little bit what had just happened is John the Baptist, who prepared the way for Jesus, was fulfill, fulfillment of Scripture, preparing the way for, his, for uh, his ministry. John the Baptist had just been executed. He had just been beheaded. Jesus, uh, feeling our humanity, was hurting for his friend. Um, and, and so when Jesus heard about what had happened to John, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. He just needed to get away from the crowds, needed to get by himself and get alone with his thoughts. And hearing of this, which the whole community had heard about what had happened, they knew what was going on. You, your head had to be in the sand if you didn't know what had happened to John. Hearing of this, the crowds followed Jesus on foot from the towns. Jesus went by boat, they went by foot. When he landed and saw the large crowd, he had compassion on them. And though his heart was broken, he began to heal their sick. And as evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away. Can you feel them? Can you sense them? 15,000 people in a remote place. They're hungry. They're starting to hear the chatter and the rumblings. The, the problem's overwhelming. And they're like, let's just make the problem go away. Let's just see if we can make this disappear. So the best way we can handle is Jesus, send the crowds away, tell them to go back, tell them to go home because this is overwhelming us. And we're hearing all the voices, we're hearing all the complaints and Jesus, the disciples reacted, Jesus responds. And Jesus replied, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. So you're overwhelmed. I hear you. Hey, be more overwhelmed. You give them something to eat. You do something about it. Jesus responds to them. And they, re they react and they say, we have, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. Excuse me. And they answered, bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up the 12 baskets of broken pieces that were left over. We serve a God of leftovers. Not the bad kind that sat there for five, six days and you get sick on. I'm talking, he, he has the leftovers, the, the, the enough, uh, enough leftovers to, to supply plenty. And the disciples here were focused on what they didn't have, and Jesus wanted them to focus on what they did have. And it's so easy for us to do the same thing. It's so easy for us to focus on that we're not as talented as someone else. We weren't given as much gifts as someone else. We're not as fast as someone else. We're not as smart as someone else. We don't have as much resources as someone else. We don't have the money like someone else. And we, we so easy for us to focus on what we don't have versus focusing on our God and what he does have. That he is a God that is sufficient and will supply all our needs. Jesus didn't ask the disciples to do the impossible. He just wanted them to focus on what was possible. What their possible was. And Jesus is the same way with us. Jesus doesn't ask you to do the impossible. Jesus only asks you to give him your possible. Not focus on what you don't have. 
but give him what you do have, what he has given you. And for some of us, that's different. Uh, it's different levels, different places. But God wants us to focus not on what the impossible is, but he just wants to focus on what is possible, what he would have us do. So what is the possible that Jesus asked for us? And if you're following along in your notes, there's three simple things uh, to share with us today from this passage of Scripture. The possible Jesus asked of this are three things. The first is this. One is the most important. It's to pray. Jesus calls us to pray. He calls us to ask. He says, you have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, you ask with wrong motives. So it's important we come with pure motives. But Jesus wants us to ask. He wants us to pray. Prayer, the disciples knew how important prayer was. When the early church was, had so much overwhelming needs, the feeding the poor, taking care of the widows and the orphans, and the disciples, the apostles were beginning to be overwhelmed. And, and they, they, they came up with a plan and said, hey, we need the church to help us do some of this. We need the church to the able, you know, get some good men and some good people to come alongside. And, and we need you to take this ministry so that we can pray and preach. They knew the importance that they were called to pray and preach. Working wasn't beneath them, but they were called to pray and preach. And they were neglecting their most important. The most important thing any one of us can do is to pray. And Jesus said, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Ask the Lord of the harvest. Implying that someone owns it all. Someone's in charge. And it's God. He's the Lord of the harvest. He, he, he owns it all. He, he, he is not lacking for anything. And he says, come to me and pray. Come and ask me. What are you asking God for today? What have you been asking God for that you can't do on your own? That you need his help? You need him to intervene? That's probably a different answer for all of us in this room. I know as a team and as a pastoral staff, we've been praying that God would supply and, and raise up some more great volunteers. You know, we have a great children's middle school and high school ministry, not because we have, which we do have great pastors, don't get me wrong, but because they have great people working and great people volunteering. And one of the things that we lost in this summer was about a dozen wonderful, awesome college-age kids that graduated from HCC and, and, and also graduated from high school and have moved and gone to other schools, and it's left a little bit of a vacuum. And they've, were, they've been so awesome. We feel like we sent them out. We believe there's some other churches out there that are being blessed today because you've raised up a generation that doesn't say just me, 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 but serve, serve, serve. And I'm thankful for a church that has helped my daughters to go into other churches and look for a place to serve and not for a place to just give me something. Thank you for being that church. Well, this left a little vacuum. So that's one of the things that we're praying about, that God would raise up a harvest of workers. The volunteers. We're praying that God would raise up um, some, you see Pastor Dustin has a slide for some worship uh, team and worship leaders and some, some musicians. And that prayer is kind of specific, by the way, because um, if he just prays a general prayer, then he's going to end up with people like me. I might feel the calling that I need to be on the worship team. You don't want me on the worship team. That wouldn't be a good thing. God loves me in the shower, but, it, you know, we kind of, I sing up here all by myself for a reason over here. That we're to pray, we're to ask. We're asking God to raise up givers. We've lost some wonderful people through death this last year and moving to other communities. 
And we need God to raise up some giving to continue the ministries of this church. So the first thing is Jesus asked us to do the possible is to pray. The second thing is to give what you have to Jesus. Not focus on what you don't have, but bring them here to me. Bring those five loaves, bring those two fish, whatever God's given you. Don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on what he has. And God won't ask you to give what he won't provide. God won't ask you to do what he won't do through you. So give what you have to Jesus. And finally, work together. We see this, that this was an all call for the apostles and the disciples. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. He didn't say, Peter, you do this. You're the leader. He didn't say, John, you're the one I really love. You go take care of this. He didn't say, James, you take care of this. He said, you, as in the apostles, you, just, you guys go out there. I can't imagine how insecure and how, how much they must have felt like they had fallen short when all they brought back together, the 12 of them, was five loaves and two fish. That's all they could muster up in that crowd of 15,000 people. Jesus wasn't focused on what they together didn't do, but he focused on what they, he could do through their little. And little is much when God is in it. When we, when we give to God and trust him and when we work together. And by the way, there's things that God wants us to do together as a church that we can't do by ourselves. We can't do as individuals. Christ works through the church. He works through his body. Some of us as the body is described in the, by the Apostle Paul as hands and feet and eyes and nose and ears. And, and there's different parts of part, and, and the hand needs the foot and the foot needs the hand and the, the mouth needs the ears and the ears need the mouth. We all are part of that body and we need one another. We need to work together. You give them something to eat. Last year we launched a long-term partnership with Arbol DeVita. Tree of Life Church is what that is in English. My Spanish is lacking. As I shared in the first service, the limit of my Spanish is hablo, uh, no hablo espanol, which means I don't know Spanish, and I'm just letting you know that. I, I don't know Spanish. I know gracias, and I know Donata, thank you, and I know si, and then hablo espanol, no hablo espanol. If I say hablo espanol, I think I mean I know Spanish. See how bad it is. Uh, no hablo espanol. Last year, we launched a long-term partnership with Arbol de Vida, Tree of Life, Church of the Nazarene in Rio Bamba, Ecuador, last September. And through your generosity and through your giving, uh, we were able together to sponsor 108 children and release them from poverty in Jesus' name. There's 108 kids in Rio Bamba, Ecuador today that are different today than they were last year because you came along and made a difference in their lives. And we could have said, 108, that's so insignificant. There's hundreds of thousands in Ecuador. So why try to do anything with our five loaves and two fishes? Why even bother? It's not even going to make a dent. It does make a dent. Compassion first started in South Korea. South Korea was 50 years ago. Today, you cannot sponsor kids from South Korea. South Korea sponsors other children from around the world because of compounding interest around the world. And so you don't know how we partner with other churches and different things and how God begins to multiply when we are faithful to do what God asks the little that we can do. 
When we pray and say, okay, we could have said, God, this is too much. We're going to run. We're not going to do this. But instead you said, no, we're going to pray about this. We're going to pray about what we can do. We're going to give what we have, what Jesus has given to us, and we're going to work together to do something to make it different. And by your faithfulness in, in, in uh, releasing 108 children from poverty in Jesus' name, you're allowing our bold Davida Nazarene Church to feed children physically, emotionally, educationally, and most important, spiritually. As our special speaker that shared last year, he was a child sponsor himself. Now he lives in Colorado. And as he told himself, there's a worse poverty than physical poverty. It's spiritual poverty. And we can have all the things in this life and in this world that we're blessed with in the United States. But if you don't have Christ and you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't have Jesus in your heart and life, you are spiritual impoverished. You are poor. You, don't, you may not realize it, but we are poor without Christ. And there's a greater poverty than physical poverty, and it's spiritual poverty. And it's an epidemic in our nation. Our world here needs to hear Jesus. We need to unleash compassion and take Jesus to our world. But there's a greater thing. But people aren't going to hear about Jesus and have their spiritual needs met until their physical needs are met. And so these kids are now able to concentrate and hear and be a part of this wonderful church and school. A couple weeks ago, I had the opportunity to do a Zoom call. Remember Zoom calls? Anybody remember those? We had Zoom life groups. Were those not fun? I mean, we couldn't wait till we turned it off. It was just awkward and weird. I don't, I don't get into our Zoom calls. They weren't, they weren't that exciting. I was so glad when we we're all done with that. So I had my first Zoom in a while, and it took me a while to get on. They were all waiting for me. But I had a Zoom call with Pastor Mario Paredes. He's the pastor of this church of the Nazarene in Rio Bamba. And uh, brought along an interpreter because I can't speak English. And I mean, I, can, I, I can't speak English very well either. I can't speak Spanish. I'm working on my English. It's coming along. Uh, a compassion rep was with us and this interpreter and just had an opportunity to uh, talk with them for about 40 minutes. And so today we may go a little long. Um, no, actually, Pastor Dustin did his magic and he took those 40 minutes and he narrowed them down to four minutes. Uh, you'll see the questions I kind of asked. It doesn't give the whole picture but here's just a little bit of four minutes of a 40-minute interview with Pastor Mario. Since we began, we're early in this, so since we began partnering with your church in Rio Bamba last year through sponsoring, I believe, 108 children, what has that meant to your community and to your church? El hecho de haber recibido el apoyo de usted, pastor, y de, la, y de su iglesia, a través del patrocinio de estos, de estos 108 niños, de este grupo de niños, representa para nosotros una gran oportunidad, una gran bendición, ¿sí? Porque tenemos la oportunidad para promover el desarrollo holístico de los niños, el desarrollo total de ellos, mediante la implementación del programa de compasión internacional y el discipulado que la iglesia local ofrece como medios eh, para liberar a los niños de la pobreza en el nombre de Jesús. So, Pastor, let me te, te, tell you that the fact that you and your church members eh, supported and sponsored these children represented for us a great opportunity and a great blessing eh, 
to work in the development of, of the children, in a holistic development of, of children through the implementation of the program, of the Compassion International program. That plus the discipleship that is offered by the church are the means that we are now using to release the children from poverty in Jesus' name. What are some of the challenges you're currently facing, Pastor? Bueno, eh, primeramente las condiciones de pobreza en la que los niños eh, viven eh, producen efectos bastante nocivos para su desarrollo. Pues los niños padecen de enfermedades, padecen de desnutrición, eh, tienen bajo rendimiento escolar, los niños tienen acceso limitado en este sector principalmente acceso muy limitado a los servicios básicos como agua potable, como salubridad, entre otras cosas. Eh, well, Pastor, the conditions of the poverty in children in this area, uh, they produce very dangerous effects uh, in the children because um, uh, their development is stopped because of different things. For example, they get diseases, for example, malnutrition. They have a lot, a lot of problems for that. They also have low school performances because of the lack of vitamins or these kind of medicines. They also have a very limited access. This area is very poor, so they have very limited access to the basic services like running water, medical care, uh, medical or health care, and these kind of, of basic needs that people normally have. We just feel like we're at the beginning of a partnership and we just want this to be a beginning point for us together. And so we have dreams of coming and visiting, bringing teams in the future to Rio Bamba. What would be your hopes or dreams for us uh, when we make that trip? Bueno, Pastor, sería realmente una gran bendición recibirlos a usted, a los miembros de la iglesia aquí en nuestra ciudad y principalmente en, estas, en esos sectores donde estamos eh, trabajando, ya que de esta manera eh, les podremos conocer y ustedes también podrán conocer la realidad en la que viven nuestros niños. Eh, pero también ustedes podrán evidenciar el hermoso trabajo que con la ayuda de Dios realiza la iglesia local para poder ayudar a los niños en, en su desarrollo. So, Pastor, it could be a great blessing to have you here, to be able to host you, your the members of your church, and everything is is welcome to to come. Uh, and in that way, you be, you will be able to see uh, in person the reality that I am talking about, talking about with the families and 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 the poverty where they where they live, and also you will be witnesses of the beautiful work that the local church is doing there. It's hard to watch yourself, especially a second time. I feel like uh, you were looking at someone who was passing a kidney stone or had hemorrhoids or something. <clears throat> so it's kind of good to get over that. Um, but behind that is the message that is uh, so powerful. One is, friends, this is the beginning of a partnership. We are going to go to Rio Bamba. We are going to go to Ecuador. And I don't know who God has laying on their hearts, who's going to be going. Our, our compassion rep said, realistically, um, with uh, coming out of the pandemic, everything, realistically, fall of 23 or anytime 24 is a realistic uh, something to shoot for, for taking a trip with our people. 
And uh, what a great experience that's going to be. Can I tell you how impactful it's going to be? Uh, Heather and I have had the blessing to be uh, sponsors since 2008. Uh, one of our sponsor kids graduated last year. His name was Zongo Samuel. He was from Burkina Faso, Africa. I, I never, we, and we've never got to meet uh, Samuel. We've never had that opportunity. And we probably won't meet him until we're in heaven one day. Uh, the, when one of our other kids' sponsors in Haiti was graduated this last year, we have still another one in Haiti, and uh, she graduated. And when we went to, when I went to visit Haiti, it was uh, it was before we had sponsored this child, so we didn't have the opportunity to meet, to meet Miss Angie, and probably won't till we're in heaven. You know how cool it is that actually it's a realistic possibility that I'm going to get to meet Manteo, that I'm going to get to meet Mateo. And you know what about Mateo? He sent me a letter, and he's written me four or five times this last year, but I got one yesterday in the mail. What great timing when this message is coming. And I got so excited because one of the things that he told me about himself is he loves football. And I'm like, I love football. We're going to get along great. Heather's not going to be able to communicate anymore with you, but we're going to get along great. And he said, I, and I made a picture of me playing football. And so I turned it over. And I was like, that's not football. It's soccer. Nothing against soccer, but Mateo has some things to learn. It is such a blessing and honor to think that I'm actually, and Heather and I will actually have the possibility of meeting Mateo. Seven years old, beautiful little kid, being released from poverty in Jesus' name, along with 107 others that were released this last year. And so we had another one graduate, and so I thought, well, I need to find someone that is, my heart is drawn to. And so Reagan, one of our sponsored kids that we have is January 21st, which is her birthday. And so I picked this one out. Her name's Lisbeth. April 27, 2013. Guess what my birthday is, everybody? If you want to get a gift, it's not too early to start. It's April 27th. I know we can't all do that, but I'm excited uh, to have the opportunity to meet Lisbeth and to meet Mateo. And today, I don't want anyone to feel guilty or compulsion or like you have to, but here's what is going to happen today. Every single one of these kids is going to be prayed for today. That's the most important thing that we can do for them. Most important thing that we can do is pray for every one of these uh, child packets you see around here. We have some missing because of the first service. The second thing is, is there's an opportunity uh, before us that of the hundred, couple hundred kids that, have, uh, that we have here today, 24 of them, including the one that one of the ones we're going to have, is within that five-mile radius of this church. And would complete the 108 that we have. All of them would have personal sponsors. Now these kids, um, if you go beyond that, they're all within a 30-mile radius. Now 30 miles McPherson doesn't sound much for us because we have cars. But 30 miles to there. So no matter what child is before you, if you take that child home, if you take that child and sponsor that child, and you do end up going to Rio Bamba on one of our mission trips in the next five, ten years, next couple years. Uh, it's all within a distance that you're going to meet your child. It, it's not too far that you won't be able to meet your sponsored child. It'll be an awesome, awesome thing. 
But if you have a star, and some of those, some of the first service was going looking for the ones with stars, there's 23 after mine that have stars on them that are in that first uh, three to five mile radius. So if you have a star next to you, that is, that we'd like to complete that first. But then we just want to expand. We want to, we want Rio Bamba, Ecuador. We want Ecuador to be what South Korea is one day. We want to see compounding interest. And by the way, it's not just us. There are other churches partnering with other churches in Ecuador. So it's, it's a multiplication impact that we're going to do what we can do and do our part. And, and you may be here this morning and say, Pastor, I sponsored a kid last year. I had someone I talked to earlier this week and they were like, you know, we sponsor a kid right now and we cannot do this right now. This is not a guilt. This is not a compulsion. If you're at a place and you cannot sponsor a child, we just want you to pray for these children. We really do. But you might be in a position today that you could say, you know what, don't have a lot, but if for $1.25 a day, I can sponsor a kid, write letters to them, they write letters to us, and we might get to meet them one day. And even if I don't get to meet them with friends going over there, we'll take gifts over there for you and do that. It'll be a lot of fun. But we have an opportunity to release more children from poverty in Jesus' name today. And so... I'm simply going to ask each of us if we'll grab the closest one to us. We're going to pray for him first. If you don't have one and you're not close, there are a few up here. In fact, if you don't mind grabbing a couple, I'd like to have a couple. I'd like every single one of these prayed for. So if a few of you could get out of your seats and just grab a couple on the front row. This is what we call the spit zone. Only my neighbor is willing to sit in it. Um, but there's three more here. If you, if, and I'm not asking you to take them home today. I'm just asking that every single child is prayed for today. Because that was my number, our first goal, is that every single child would be prayed for. So you can take it, pass it to someone else. But we're going to pray for every single one of these because that's the most important thing that we can do. Maybe God will, will work in our life to do that, but maybe it's for someone else. But every kid's going to get prayed for today. I think everyone should have one, I hope. But whoever your boy or girl is in front of you, just take a look at the face and the name. And I just want us to simply take about 30, 40 seconds of silence. And I want you to pray God's blessing on this child, their family, and that they would be not only physically released from poverty in Jesus' name, but spiritual poverty in Jesus' name. Let's just take 30 seconds. Pray for the child before you, for God's blessing on them, their family. Lord, I thank you for Lisbeth today and Mateo. Lord, I thank you that you have plans for them. You have plans to release them from poverty and to give them a future and a hope. You want to see unleashed hope in their lives through unleashed compassion that we spread to them. So, Lord, we pray, God, for your blessing upon these children today. And if we're not the sponsor, we pray that you'd bless them with sponsors. So that's my next prayer this morning, is as you look at that name, as you look at that child, not a guilt thing, not a compulsion thing. God may be saying, no, now's not the time. But if he says yes, 
focus on what God has, not what you don't have. Focus on that if God asks you to do this, he's going to supply it for you and he's going to take care of it for you. But would you just ask God, God, is it me that you want to sponsor that name in front of you? If it's yes, I'll tell you what to do in just a moment. If it's, if it's no, would you just pray another prayer and say, God, man, I'm going to be praying for this child. But Lord, would you bring a sponsor that can take, take care of them and care for them? Would you bring a sponsor into their life to unleash hope into them? And I look forward to a day when I can do another child or I can do my first child. And when you make that possible for me, I, I look forward to that time. But right now, I just... I pray, God, for a sponsor for this child. Father, we thank you, Lord, that every single one of these kids is going to get sponsored. It may be today, it may be in the future, but God, we believe in Jesus' name that these children are going to be sponsored and their lives are going to be forever changed because you unleash compassion through Hutchison First Church of the Nazarene. Thank you, God, for your people today. Bless these children in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're wondering what to do from here and your answer is God's given you a yes and you're trusting him to move forward with that, pull the packet out. There's a part that you tear off. You're going to keep the bigger portion and you're going to take that home with you. The smaller portion, I didn't give as clear instructions. You don't have to fill it all out unless you're doing it physically. So there's two ways you can do this. One, there's a little barcode that you can scan. That's the, this is the first time we've done this. It is so easy. You scan the barcode and it walks you through a quick process. You do that. Then if you, if you do it electronically, just write your name and the child's first name and you don't have to fill out the rest. Just do that and take it back to one of the compassion tables as you leave today and give to either Uh, Tony or Heather back there, give it to one of them, and uh, we'll make sure those get turned in. So just rip that off. Again, if you want to scan it, you can do it that way, or you can physically, uh, you can, you know, you can write out your name, your address, city, telephone number, the information they ask, your credit card information on the back, and then there's an envelope that you can put that in. Put that in that envelope and then give it to Heather or Tony on your way out today if God's asking you to do yes. If God is asking you to pray for the child, but, you're, but God's not asking you to do this, your answer is no, uh, that's okay, but please leave those children in the sanctuary. Please leave them here because we will be sending these back to compassion and it just takes a while for the kids to get back, six to eight weeks, for the kid to get back into the system and it slows them down from being sponsored. So just, just leave it on your seat. If, if uh, God's not calling you at this point, just leave it on your seat and that's okay. And pray for that kid. Pray for that child, uh, believing that God's gonna bless them and help them be released from poverty in Jesus' name. Are those pretty clear instructions? Heather gave me some help. So I'm getting a thumbs up from Heather. So much better second service than first service. We had a little practice in the first service. So I just want to thank you in advance. I'll keep you updated on, on what we've been able to sponsor and what we've been able to do. Uh, again, realistically, mission trip probably 24. Earliest we could do it is fall of 23. But begin praying about that. 
because this is just the beginning of a wonderful partnership uh, of years. This is our part of our world. This is our, when you have our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, you know our Jerusalem is, is our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers. You know, our, our Judea is our Reno County. It's our region. Our Samaria is people that aren't like us. God calls us to people that don't talk like us, act like us, look like us. He, he wants his kingdom to look really diverse. And so that Samaria, the, the story of the Good Samaritan, crossed the road and reached out to the person that didn't look like him, didn't look like his neighbor. And then the ends of the earth, our part of the world that we're adopting is real Bomba de Ecuador. We can't adopt every single area of the world, but as Andy Stanley says, do for one what you could wish you could do for everybody. So we're going to do for one. We're going to all in on real Bomba, believing that God is going to multiply what is being done today and in the future. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Good luck to your team, especially if your team is the Broncos. We'll see you next Sunday. God bless you.